0: Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. As you navigate life's challenges, know that you are not alone. Hi, I'm Hillary Kirkendall, Marketing and Communications Coordinator for Wedgwood Christian Services, and these are the stories of real people who work at, learn from, and grow through the nationally accredited, faith-based nonprofit. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. Wedgwood's Manassa Project is an outreach that is dedicated to ending the sexual exploitation of young people in West Michigan through awareness, education, advocacy, and treatment. For the last 10 years, Nikidra Battle DeBarge has been leading Wedgwood's Manasseh Project, training first responders and activating change in our community. Nikidra and I sit down for a coffee break conversation and chat about the realities of trafficking, how to make a difference, and why Wedgwood's mission uniquely empowers us to take on this issue. We have a great coffee break conversation for you today. I am joined by Nikidra Battle-DeBarge, who is the coordinator of Wedgwood's Manassa Project, an outreach dedicated to providing awareness, education, and advocacy to end trafficking in West Michigan. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nikidra. Thank you for having me. What brought you to Wedgwood initially, and did you always know that you wanted to work within this social work kind of field? I
1: did. Um, So initially, um, I was going to school, well, Long time ago, I wanted to be an attorney. Um, that changed with life, life circumstances. But um, then I decided to go into criminal justice, and so I wanted to work with youth um, in the criminal justice system. Um, I ended up getting a degree in criminal justice and never doing criminal justice a day <laughs> in my life. So social work has actually been what I've done um, since I've been here at Wedgewood. I applied before I was old enough to apply, Mm -hmm. and then I had to, and then I reapplied when I think I was turned 21 or something, and that's how I ended up coming here, off a whim. I don't even, I didn't know anybody that worked here. I just heard that they work with youth, and I wanted to build my skills around that, and I didn't know I would still be here today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been with Wedgwood and then Wedgwood's Manassa Project?
1: I've been with Wedgwood going on 19 years in July. Um, it's crazy just to hear that come out of my mouth <laughs> and with the Manassa Project for 10 years.
0: Great so it sounds like you've always wanted to help people and Wedgwood has given you a place to do that.
1: Yeah that's a natural thing for me um, and yeah it just it fit perfectly.
0: 19 years is a long time to be with one organization. What do you think makes Wedgwood such a special place?
1: Um, I've always said family uh, since I started here. Um, I've always felt like family. Um, the staff that I work with, my supervisors, um, the kids that are here. I think the power of what we do here is what keeps people coming back. You mm-hmm. know, It's hard work, but I think the reward is seeing those challenges overcome and mm-hmm. seeing the challenges of the youth overcome. And I just think that it's, it's a wonderful place to, to not feel like you're working. But mm-hmm. you're actually working, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in youth treatment and I worked in residential. And so we ate there. We watched movies there. We went to the store, you know, so it was like I was an extension of my home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those type of things, the relationships that you build here, those are all uh, reasons why people stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, important things when the work is so hard that there are plenty of good things that make it worthwhile. And- yeah. So, as coordinator of Wedgwood's Manasseh Project, what are your main tasks and goals? Um, How are you making progress to actually ending trafficking and exploitation?
1: Well, my main job is to do uh, education and awareness in the community. So, I get to go to all different types of places, whether it's schools or churches or uh, businesses, hospitals, and train those who are on the front line, um, and maybe not on the front line, but are connected to uh, people who are on the front line and so my job is really to provide the information to empower other people to make to make a difference. Um, it's not just about me it's not just about the Manassa project but um, our goal is to empower the community to, to take steps to, to do that as well. Really I mean the our trauma Recovery center, um, having young people come into our program to be able to get this the services that they need, the healing that they need um, that's a that's a first step. Um, Human trafficking is a journey. When you've been trafficked, you you go through a long journey. And we touch the the surface of it, Um, but it's a lifelong thing. And so um, I think that's how we are helping. We're helping because we're educating people who didn't know that it was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, We're giving tools to people who know that it's happening but don't know what to do with it. And then we are servicing young people who have experienced it. Um, And then we also go a step further in prevention. So um, being able to go into the schools and educate on what is happening around trafficking um, and giving the youth the tools that they need so that they are less likely to be trafficked. Um, So we kind of hit all different Mm -hmm. um, areas. And then the partnerships that we have in the community to be able to kind of be an extension of what we do um, It's it all helps Um, Mm -hmm. if we're not having the conversation then no one is looking at the problem. And Mm -hmm. so we get to bring that conversation to the community.
0: Mm -hmm. It's really cycle breaking work. Absolutely. Uh, So January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. What do people need to know? And then what can they do with that information?
1: Well, I think we've done a lot of work with awareness. um, And that's typically what we do in January is to provide awareness, whether it's a conference or a training or a Um, a documentary, whatever that looks like to bring awareness to our community. I think we do a good job at that. I think that has to be a continual conversation, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think meeting with people, you know, talking with people, helping them to understand that this is an issue in our community, we still Mm -hmm. have to talk about that because it's crazy for us to think that in West Michigan, human trafficking exists. And Mm -hmm. so we have to keep on chomping at the bit and just saying this is an issue Mm -hmm. and these are the reasons why it's an issue and even trying to break down some of the systemic things that are happening Mm -hmm. um, that create vulnerabilities when we're able to be able to do that um, we're able to remove small barriers to those that need to help Mm -hmm. you know and so I think January does that it just gives one month to that Although it's a 12-month thing, we give one month dedicated to that so that people can connect in whatever ways that they need to. Um, they at least have one dedicated month for that. So we continue to, to do this work around, around the clock, around the, the year, but um, January um, at least kind of highlights mm-hmm. the
0: work that we're doing. It's a good launch pad for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. What is something that you think people would be surprised to know about the realities of trafficking and the victims of exploitation?
1: Well, there's so many different myths around human Mm trafficking. When you hear the word human trafficking, you assume that it's a situation where someone's being kidnapped or forced into the situation. Um, But when you really think about it, it's easier to get someone um, to do what you want them to do when you made them feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that that Romeo type of uh, pimping and um, exploitation is what um, people are surprised by um, so we're trying to do that a little more education around that it's more subtle it's mm-hmm. not that I was at Walmart and someone <laughs> snatched me not that it can't happen and I mm-hmm. always say that um, but the likelihood of it happening is not as as big as it, as someone getting being online developing a relationship with someone and being pulled into this life um, through relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that people need to understand is building a positive relationship and uh, creating a safe space for individuals is what's going to help um, to decrease this issue.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be caused by unhealthy relationships, but can kind of be prevented or resolved with healthy relationships yeah absolutely yeah
1: it can be cultivated through negative relationships but it, all, like you said it can be cultivated um, in a healthy way if we're spending that time and we're creating those safe spaces and we're having the conversations even with our youth sometimes we don't want to talk about it um, because we think that we're exposing them to certain things but the reality is they're learning so much mm-hmm. from social media and music and different things like that that we're doing a disservice to them if we're not talking about it, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Because so. we can give them reliable factual information as opposed right. to whatever they're finding online right from who knows who. right. You did a video a few years back called Romeo, which I think mm-hmm. does a really beautiful job showing how easy it is for kids to get pulled into that without even thinking about it, even if they're, you know, quote-unquote good kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that video has always been so eye-opening to me. Uh, there was a kid who met someone in a waiting room and just mm-hmm. gave them their phone number. Mm-hmm. And who would think that kids would do that these days, but they do. But we, I mean, we do, you know, mm-hmm. adults do it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's part
1: of communication, you know, mm-hmm. now it's like more so give my social media mm-hmm. um, information. But the thing is that kids are vulnerable just because they're kids, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're going to do things that kids do. Teenagers get exchange numbers, teenagers date, teenagers, they feel good when someone tells them something good about themselves so they're going to be teenagers we just have to teach them how to be teenagers in a healthy way mm-hmm. um and we the more that we understand human trafficking the more that we realize the ways that um they are more vulnerable in other areas so you know ki- kids are going to be kids we just have to teach them how to to navigate that
0: mm-hmm. and it's important for parents or teachers or whoever an adult in their life to know what's Going on, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you can't just let your kid have this computer, which is their cell phone at this point, mm-hmm. and go into their rooms and not have, it, not know what's going on. They'll be into something before you can turn your head, um, because mm-hmm. that's how that's how accessible things are to mm-hmm. them so we have to know what our kids are doing we have to um have conversations with them the hard conversations and I always tell people if you can't talk to your kid about certain things because it's difficult I can talk to other kids all the all the time mm-hmm. but my children it's a little more difficult mm-hmm. So if you can't have the conversation find somebody that can you mm-hmm. know just because you are not talking about it or you think you live in this bubble that doesn't exist doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen mm-hmm. so we got it. we have to, we have a responsibility as parents as caregivers as educators to make sure we're doing our due diligence to um, give them the information that they need so they can be safe.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. I think you've talked about it before in other presentations where poverty is a, a risk factor for you know someone being exploited or pulled into these unhealthy relationships, but something you also know emotional poverty is equally mm-hmm. as important and Absolutely. I think that that's something that we don't always You know, put together with, you know, trafficking, that Mm -hmm. emotional poverty is a big problem. You could, family could have all the money in the world, Mm -hmm. but if no one is there for them, they find it elsewhere. Yeah,
1: they don't feel good about themselves if someone's not telling them how important they are, how smart they are how they can do anything if they're not pouring into them um, then these kids are' walking around empty and traffickers know that and so they're pouring into them um, the difference is, is that they don't mean them well mm-hmm. you know and so if we mean them well we should do what we need to do to make sure we're pouring into these children so that they're they're full of good stuff mm-hmm. you know and they're not lacking in in areas that that could pull them into a life that they're they they don't want to be a part of mm-hmm.
0: So Wedgwood's Manassa Project and other local organizations recently received a large grant to expand the reach of awareness and prevention efforts. Can you talk a bit about this project and the impact it's going to have here in West Michigan?
1: Yes. So this has been a dream of mine. I'll just say that. Um, we get to partner with SEAS, uh, Solutions to End Exploitation, and um, Ken ISD to provide education in the school system. So we'll be able to train staff, professional staff there, administration, to train other staff there at the school, um, and then also train teachers to train students. So Mm -hmm. um, we get to touch everybody in the school system Mm -hmm. in um, in various districts. Our goal is to be able to cover all districts in Kent County and hopefully some surrounding areas. It's amazing to be able to get actually get into the schools like I'm in the schools, but a lot of times I have to go through the back door mm-hmm. um, because uh, it's just schools have so much on their plate already to add another program. Yeah. It can be difficult. But for us to be sustained in, inside of a school and have a place there to actually do the work and to actually give the tools to the staff and teachers, because sometimes they are not aware mm-hmm. and we're, we get to do a um a school safety protocol. We're developing a school safety protocol um, where they they know exactly what to do in those situations where they come across a young person who may be at risk for exploitation, who is actively being exploited, or who, who may know someone who is. You know, mm-hmm. so just trying to inundate the schools with the information, um, with the tools, so that they don't feel siloed, so that they can feel empowered to support the teachers, support the the bus driver's support, the lunch lady, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are not in a space where they're like, I don't know what to do, and this is happening. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to be able to, to do that in those districts. We're currently in a couple of districts already, and we're excited about that. I and mean, we're just trying to see where that will go.
0: Mm-hmm. Having it in the schools is so important because if a kid comes from a family where parents aren't around or don't care, the school is where, they, mm-hmm. where they're where they noticed if something is wrong, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, and that comes through, and again, relationships. When you mm-hmm. have a student, you have a relationship with, you notice when something is not right, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can pay attention to those things. And a lot of times, the the um, security guards, or they don't really call them security guards anymore, but in my day, they were security guards. <laughs> um, but. They're, they're able to identify things because even, especially the security guards, bus drivers, um, janitors, because they're hearing what other people don't hear. Mm-hmm. They don't realize that they're listening. You know, yeah. they don't know. And then also, a lot of times, those are the people who are building the relationships with them. So mm-hmm. um, they can identify, eh, something's not right with with so-and-so. I, I've noticed some differences in her behavior. I've noticed some differences in her clothing, some differences in her, um, her attitude, whatever that might look like. They're paying attention a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to educate them um, so that they know what to do next, that that's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just powerful. And so we're just we're excited about having the grant. We're excited about being able to connect with with other C um, who's also doing the work. Can I see who uh, structures mm-hmm. the systems in the school? So it's going to be
0: it's going to be impactful.
1: Mm-hmm. I believe it is.
0: Yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. like it already is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trafficking and exploitation are really heartbreaking issues and can be kind of hard to talk about all of the time. Um, how do you see God moving in your work and through Wedgwood's Manassa Project?
1: I, I go back, I always say, you know, when you see a young person come into our program broken, hurting, um, having, uh, experiencing trauma, just having so much go on, and then you watch them go through the process and you see how much the therapy is working, how much the relationship building is working. I always go back to that because I feel like that's a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the love that Wedgwood shows these young people who, who may not have experienced it or have experienced it, got into some trouble, didn't think that they were worth anything. And now we rem- we're reminding them mm-hmm. of who they are and how much more they can do and exposing them to some things that they've never been exposed to. I think that's we're shining God's light on them through the things that we're able to do in Mm -hmm. that way um we may not be we may not say to them god is doing this but the work that we're doing and the love that we're showing is a light to them and they want to know more they want to know how who is this god you know Mm -hmm. who is this who is this person that's gonna love me even though i just acted a fool you know like (laughs) how are they still loving me why did why did they let me go you know Mm -hmm. Um, why aren't they treating me bad you know because a lot of that that's been a lot of their experiences Mm -hmm. so i think um I think God is, is showing showing his hand um, through our work through our, the work that other people, the great people that work here. We have some amazing people that work at Wedgwood and th- these kids get to see that mm-hmm. and, and, and through that God is, is showing his
0: hmm. yeah, for sure. What about in like your community advocacy type work? How are you seeing God moving there? I
1: think uh, seeing people healed. You know, being able to see people heal, being able to see people um, identifying something is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I and there are people who want to help me get out of this. You mm-hmm. know, that's a way that God is working. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm a woman of faith, of course, and so when I when I go into a room, I'm taking that power with me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm speaking to people, I'm taking that power with me. Mm-hmm. So um, they're gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. My goal is that they feel it and that is life changing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. That's that's how I feel like it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's working. And I believe he's going to continue to work as long as we have the, he has the people who are willing to, to go out there and do his work. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if people are feeling really called to learn more about the issue of trafficking or get involved to end it here in our community, how can they get connected?
1: Well, they can always go to our website. Uh, we are actually continuing to do a campaign called C Believe Disrupt mm-hmm. and that's in a partnership with C um Human Trafficking Coalition. And so you can contact C as well and get become a part of that campaign where you can you can get a yard sign, you can uh request a, a presentation like a coffee time presentation mm-hmm. or whatever we're trying to get as creative as we can mm-hmm. um, so the goal is to be able to create space for small conversations around human trafficking you can put up a decal at your business you can get a qr code to, on your menus whatever we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to be very creative about uh, welcoming the community in so that they can be a
0: part of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll make we'll make sure to have all of those links available for people so they can get connected Nikidra, the work you do is so important We appreciate your dedication to West Michigan and this community and to Wedgwood. Uh, So thank you for joining us for this Wedgwood Coffee Break conversation today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I hope this conversation with Nikidro was both eye-opening and inspiring. If you would like to get connected to resources, book a training or a presentation, or learn more about next steps, you can visit manassaproject.org or check out the links in the episode description. Curious about our services? Visit us at Wedgwood.org, W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D, and find us on our social media at WedgwoodCS, or shoot us an email at hello at Wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.